unless you've got a friendship with God, you're doomed, aren't you? You know, like there is nothing. All the religion and all the knowing, all the textbooks, and it, it, it's all dust, really. It's all smoke and mirrors. But if you can wake up in the morning and go, can, can we do life, can we do another day together? I think that's a great place to start. Profile with Premier Christianity Magazine. Hello and welcome to The Profile here on Premier Christian Radio. My name is Sam Hales. I'm the editor of Premier Christianity Magazine. That's the magazine that sponsors this show. And our guest today on The Profile is Martin Smith. Martin was the frontman of arguably the most successful British worship band ever, Delirious whose career came to an end a good 12 years ago now. But since then, Martin Smith has carried on writing music. And in the past few days, he's brought out a brand new album. It's called Dancing in the Fire. That's also the name of one of the singles. On top of Trouble, which features the Kingdom Choir and loads of other great music on that album. And so what we wanted to do was sit down with Martin to talk about the new records, talk about his past history with Delirious, and also talk about what the future holds. And it turned out that really this time of pandemic has had quite a profound effect on the singer, on his life, his family life, his church, his thinking. And you're going to hear all of that in today's interview. This was recorded at Martin Smith's home not too long ago. You will hear some clicking in the background. And that is our photographer for Premier Christianity taking some wonderful images of Martin, which we printed on the front cover and inside the latest issue of Premier Christianity magazine. So forgive the background noise, that's what was happening. If you do want to read this interview, you can do that in the latest edition and also online at our website, premierchristianity.com to see the photos and read this interview. But without any further ado, let's have a listen in. This is my conversation with Martin Smith. Martin Smith, how are you? I'm doing really well, thank you, Sam. Thanks for, for spending the time together, it's great. Thanks for inviting us to your home. After 18 months of doing interviews over Zoom, it's just lovely to see you face-to-face. I know, I know, it really is strange, isn't it? I mean, now, now you can't... Yeah, there was a time, wasn't there, you couldn't imagine going out without a mask. And now I've been to a couple of shows already uh, where no-one's bothering and trains and things. So, yeah, maybe the world is changing back again. And congratulations on becoming a granddad. I know, it's the funniest thing, isn't it? Um, apparently, uh, yeah, my name at the moment is Pops. Okay. It could change in time, but that's my name for now, so I'm very proud of that. And uh, pr- proud of, you know, it's amazing when you see your own daughter go through that and give birth, and they're such brilliant parents, her and Tom. And So, yes, it's incredible, yeah. I haven't quite you know got completely used to it yet because we've got our own children still living at home and you know it's all happening do you i mean do you do you feel old enough to be a granddad um yeah if i if i'm on a if i'm if i'm on a 15k run yeah i definitely would say yes (laughs) (laughs) but otherwise in general um you know but it's it's amazing how music it just keeps you young i don't know what 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 it is um about it but it's like a it's like a a river running through your veins isn't it and just years of playing music and the love of that the affection of music and the power of it and the joy it brings i think is 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 definitely an antidote for growing old yeah i love that you say music keeps you young because i think some people might not necessarily expect that and might think but you know as you get older you might not be listening to what's on the charts anymore but that's that's not you you seem to be someone who is quite keen on what the cutting edge of music is and keep kind of not keeping up with that but you're genuinely interested in that well i yeah i am a music fan and, and i think it helped that i i had a job in music early on you know i was part of a recording studio in eastbourne and i very quickly became uh, exposed to so many different styles of music from local punk bands to opera singers to graham kendrick coming in doing a worship record to choirs, to kids, I mean, you name it, it was, uh, you know, I was exposed to so many different things. So my love and appreciation of music in general began then. 
and I, and that has always grown in me. So yeah, people would be surprised that I would really love Dua Lipa or or Kanye or Chance the Rapper or some classical music that I'm into or you know acoustic thing. So yes, I do have a wide appreciation, but really it's my own. I I, I reckon what happens is when your kids become teenagers suddenly there's this massive influx of new music into the house and where your own style sort of starts to wane a bit and I'm still listening to U2 and Foo Fighters and you know all this sort of stuff they're bringing in all this new stuff um, and, and I think that's brilliant so it's the, the kids are keeping you young as well yeah absolutely and we've had a few so it keeps on going <laughs> um, I wanted to talk to you just very quickly about parenting because I appreciate that that Instagram is the highlight reel of all of our lives, right? Instagram is where we, we kind of put the highlights. Even so, from a quick look at your Instagram and your kids and stuff, you do genuinely look like just a very happy, joyful, <laughs> fun-filled family. Is that, is, that, is that the reality or is well, that just the Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, like, there's never, we never argue. We never <laughs> fall out. You know, there's never any disagreements. Um, never any... No, in some ways we're pretty normal um but actually yeah we do have a lot of fun um we we're we're extremely blessed to have a culture here and i think that comes from my wife anna um she's extremely present uh she's a great mum she's given our life to bring up the kids and never been distracted by that by oh i need to write a third book or i need and all those things are amazing but she has just um this is what I'm doing and I'm going to do it really well. So um, I think that she's been the steadying force in our family. She's always been fun, always been in the moment, always encouraged conversation around the table. And we, had, we do have a rule in our house that um, there's nothing that can't be talked about. And then we, we've decided as parents we have to pretend not to be shocked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's the two things, right? Right. Remember, yeah. You know, when our kids start talking, just pretend you're not shocked. All right. Um, and and I think that's been a good culture in our house. That look, come on, let, let's just keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Uh, what does the average day look like for you? You've already been for a run this morning, and you've just made me a lovely coffee. So yeah. aside from that, what what does the average? Morning yeah, you know, and then I do an interview for two hours, and <laughs> you know, have some photos, and you know, it's just an average day, and then I'll hit a cafe. No, no. Um, yeah, my usual day is um, taking uh, doing the school run generally, and um, and then I, I've I've got a couple of options. I can run on the seafront or I can run in the hills. And I do try and do that most days when I'm at home. And um, I, I, I feel that's sort of an ongoing thing for me that helps me. Um, and then when I'm at home, there's all, all sorts of meetings and things to do, you know, phone calls and planning a trip or um, seeing people. So I, I, I find now, um, being that bit older, I'm starting to be a bit kinder to myself in terms of my time and not ram my whole day full of stuff. Um, so I'm trying to have a little bit more bandwidth in the day yeah. to, even that to respond to people that need to see you or hang out with people. It, it, those things just become so much more important, don't they? Yeah, and was that a sort of conscious decision that you reached a moment of thinking, actually, I need to put less into my day? Yeah, I think, I think it was, I've been, very um, focused over the years and very intent on right this is the next thing and then that happens and then there's the next thing so um, I've always had a strong work ethic uh, which has come from my family and you know but then of course that goes on and on and on doesn't it you you, you never reach a point of thinking oh great oh, that's good I, I've done it yeah especially with music because it's just an ever-flowing river there's always another song there's yeah. another project there's another co-write with someone oh we're going to do another gig and it's going to be amazing so i think i've had to train myself uh, intentionally to slow down a bit and and and, and enjoy uh what you know my life and, and enjoy going pedal boarding and swimming and and to see those things is not a waste of time, but actually they're just part of 
of, of me being a friend of God, and, and that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. So let's chat about the new project, Dancing in the Fire yeah. album coming out, and the, that's the first single as well. So let's start with the kind of context for this, because as I understand it, this is a bit of a lockdown album. Mm. The genesis for this came out of COVID, so just tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I was on the road in America at the time, and um, I think it was kind of like March the 8th-ish, and um, I came home, uh, there was a break in the tour, and I had three days here, and then I was going to fly back out. And the morning I, uh, I was just about to jump in a cab to go to Heathrow, and the American tour guy said, that, don't bother coming, it's, it's all been cancelled. Uh, and then, and I remember sitting, in fact, down here on my own. Everyone was fast asleep. It was five in the morning, thinking, "Oh, I think life's about to change." And it was just like a switch flicked. And for some reason, I just knew in my heart that this was not going to go away quickly. And um, and then and then began the, the season that everyone entered. And you know, it was the, it's been the longest time that we've had in our married life, being together in 27 years, in one stretch. I mean, and it's been amazing. Um, I mean, we've had, I've had the odd stuff that everyone's had to cope with about living in the same space and trying to make music and work and like, uh, you know, I think you want me to go away now, don't you? <clears throat> but um, in general, for us, it's been a gift, and I think that. Because I've travelled for so many years, so many years, the whole of our marriage, that there's been, every month there's been something. My bag is always half packed. Yeah. And I think that's been hard in some respects. Um, and I think that the more we decompressed into the pandemic, I think we realised, wow, we've, we've done all right to survive that. You know, by the grace of God, really. Um, and I think it's actually been a one, an amazing time for us to to have some conversations together that we probably were overdue, mm. and and I think that that has been amazing. So with the songs, I think that's the context: is being at home more, uh, being incredibly grateful for for my family, and um, and and writing out of a sense of. Uh, uncertainty, anxiousness, bit of fear. Uh, all my work got cancelled, uh, just like obliterated. Um, and like, oh, what, 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 what is going on? Yeah. So, songs like Trouble, you know, were, were it wasn't just a sort of oh, I need to write a song for a record that that's going to sort of encourage people to sing their way out of trouble. <laughs> there were some moments when I was in my little room at the back. And um, there was a lot of fear, you know, a lot of tears, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of panic, you know, all, all the things as a Christian you're not supposed to feel, um, but but aware of complete complete humanness mm. and, and being, uh, you know, full of all these emotions. Thinking, okay, right, I, I I need to write a song about this, and actually it wasn't even that, oh, I need to write a record, uh, you know, actually came quite naturally. And I had the fight, time to focus. I wasn't on the road. I could live inside them more. And, and before I knew it, there were, there were a bunch of songs and I was like, yeah. really like to record this. Yeah. So, so just tell me a bit more about that, that sense of, of helplessness, because it, people might wonder, well, where, where does that come from? Is, is, that, is that because your whole life and career and ministry it has been very centered as you say on touring mm. and so was it just in in a moment it seems like this thing that gives me life and that is my livelihood and that i enjoy is not just on pause but cancelled for i don't even know how long was was that the was that the helplessness or was there was there more to it as well yes there's a there's a little bit of identity in there of all oh, this this is what i do yeah and this is what I have done for so many years, and suddenly that's taken away. And then what does? Then who am I? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just the guy at home that's mowing along. 
and you know going for walks and you know for 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 a little a little bit there there was a sort of oh um i i don't know what, i don't know what to do without you know being on a stage and doing all the magic tricks yeah when i mean magic tricks i mean that you know in a in a sincere way it's it's like you know god anoints you and has called me to do that but of course the public nature of that is that you learn things along the way that that how to, how to make a service great or how to string songs together or and i think all that's good it's not that's not a bad thing mm-hmm. but sometimes you realize when something stops it's that oh there's a bit of an over reliance on that yeah and i've been running so hard all these years um you know you you have to question you know am i is it is it the songs that are making all this happen or you know where where's my trust in all of this and who who do i trust and um you know do i like being in control so i think they're the things i've been learning and 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 realizing that oh wow i i'm actually a human being uh, i i'm not actually a spiritual musical worship leading robot yeah <laughs> you know i'm actually a person and and i so i think it's been great i've been i've been tending to that side i mean you can say wow that's a bit late for being 51 but um that's how it is sometimes yeah. and um I think that there were some scares in there there were some quite high profile incidences in our scene of preachers falling and getting into trouble and and I and some of those were my friends you know and and I think that all played into this this sort of post evangelical rock star Christendom notion that that you all oh, you you can be a demigod and i think that one that's complete nonsense um and and i think if if we've learned anything during this time we've realized that that is nonsense mm. and that we're actually human beings mm. and i think it's right that we recognize that because we're skin and bone we come from dust we end up as dust we try to serve god with everything we have um we give him our lives and i love all of that but we are we aren't an angel we we're, we're not halfway and and i think that's been a a great revelation to me that the more i can keep in my place in a lowly actually the more my revelation of god is huge and and, and i want to stay in that place of like he he he's the one that's amazing yeah. he is almighty he is majestic he's all knowing i'm just the, i'm just the guy from Yeah. from um Littlehampton you know <laughs> and along the way I I I'm I'm trying to use all I have to give glory to him but and but that's probably about it really <laughs> <laughs> how but how do you deal with that when you say you got you got friends who are having quote unquote fools from grace and you know bad news in the church world how do you how do you not become cynical of church and even god when there's all that going on yeah that's a great question um i think on a bad day you can become cynical i think oh my goodness like what one what am i involved in um and all the way back to actually do i even believe this anymore mm. you know this is tragic what's happening and uh, and and actually again being human it's okay to have those thoughts uh, in the morning mm. but by the end of the day you, you then need to remind yourself of all all the hope and all the amazing things that God has done in history and I'm a part of that miracle you know the fact that he knew where I was as a child in a completely different culture church back and he and he he found me and pulled me into what I'm doing now it, it is a miracle to me so I, I'm reminded of all of that and and of course unless you've got a friendship with god unless you have 
you're doomed, aren't you? You know, like there is nothing. All the religion and all the knowing, all the textbooks, and it, it, it's all dust, really. It's all smoke and mirrors. But if you can wake up in the morning and go, you know, hi, you know, can, can we do life? Can we do another day together? I think that's a great place to start. And then you go to, you go to bed in peace, don't you? And you try and keep your hands clean and keep life simple and do the right stuff, stay out of trouble. Um, and and I, I think that's probably always been, you know, how I've approached life, to be honest. And it seems from what you're saying that the, the line that you wrote, I'm going to sing my way out of trouble, it happened. I mean, listening to the album, I'm like, this is, this is not a kind of cynical, doubting, dark mm. album. This is actually quite a faith-filled, we're going to be okay, God's bringing me through this. That was, that was the vibe I was getting. Wow, that's really, that's really encouraging. of God um, you know because I I was experiencing the same thing everyone else was feeling and um, and as I say you know without the ability to turn on the bright lights and the smoke machine and 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 do what I do and people love it and get affirmation and oh is Martin's done another night it's incredible you know if you take all that away for a year and a half, you have to do a lot of soul searching and a lot of confrontation, looking in a mirror and going, well, do I sort of like who I've become over the years? Uh, am, I, am I a good husband? Am I, am, I, am, I, am I a decent dad? Am I a good friend to people? Um, how often do I call my mum? You know, all these things sound incredibly basic, but... I think I've had a season of that and and trying to sort of put some better foundations in for the next season. Uh, and as as things are opening up and I've had the joy of, you know, playing music again and leading and making this record, I do feel incredibly childlike again. Like, like it feels like the first time. And I think there's a little bit of that in the record as well. There's a there's a joy in there that you can hear uh, a bunch of musicians in a studio is like the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other line that struck me was, um, I nearly died, the devil tried. <laughs> that, that hit me. I was like, okay, what's, what's happened here, Martin? That's strong. I nearly died, the devil tried. But I'm living with your mercy on my life. Well, I mean, some of it's autobiographical, isn't it? And some of it is a it is you're you're trying to invite people into um, the the feeling of a song, which look, this has happened to all of us, and actually, by the grace of God, if you're still here, you're still here. <laughs> you know, um, none of us had the right to, uh, or, or or the golden ticket to escape it. Yeah. And we've all known loved ones that have yeah. been hit hard by COVID yeah. and been sick or even died. And um, so I think it it was a it was a general line, but also a tip to yeah. the iron lung experience when I was a kid. And yeah. you know, in a in a in an iron lung when I was six months old. So there's some threads in there that I'm sort of carrying yeah. through. But um, but yeah, and and it's the story of the. The guys in the fiery furnace, you know, they they nearly died. They nearly died. The devil tried, you know. So yeah. and there's a play on all of it. There's a lot going on there, and I, I like what you say there about COVID because I remember in the early days of the pandemic, even you know, we were publishing some stuff from Christian leaders that was sort of gently pointing out, hey guys, you know, COVID's quite serious, and 
even if you pray the right psalm over yourself and your family, that's not necessarily, <laughs> no, that's not necessarily going to protect you. Yeah. You know, church was grappling with some big issues there, weren't we? Yeah, and there's been friends of mine in high-profile ministries and big preachers, you know, that, that we've all been affected, you know. And, um, yeah, you, you, it's just one of those uh, things that everyone's experienced and not often you can say the whole world goes through something at the same time and mm. I think that's what's totally unique about it. Mm. There's, a, there's a common thread now in humanity mm. where hopefully we're emerging possibly a little bit more humble, mm. um, a little less demigod-like, if I can say that, realising we're human, and, and hopefully that, that could lead to a place where we realise that God is all-knowing and He is God. Yeah. You can't challenge that. Yeah. It sounds like COVID's changed you. Does it? <laughs> um, well, I think it has to, doesn't it? I think that, as I, as I said, you know, for me, it possibly might have been in some of the more simple things, like getting to the ninth Saturday in a row and I've not been away, and it's Strictly Come Dancing and I'm actually watching them. You know, <laughs> you know, for the first time in my life, I'm watching Saturday night TV <laughs> with fish and chips or whatever. Um, and to me, that's, that was huge. Yeah. That was absolutely massive yeah. that, that I could, it got to Friday and my kids weren't expecting me to be away. Mm. Now, I wasn't away every weekend. I think there's always been a good balance in our life. However, there's always been this um, culture of chaos in our household where our, you know, dad's away or he's coming back and then we squeeze everything in and then it's you know and and then and we've had some brilliant times where we've been away as a family because of my job so you know i'd say overall it's been fantastic but yes i've been able to really enjoy and rest in the the more simple things as i said like um my daughter ruby and me we've been swimming in the sea you know and like getting freezing cold and like screaming and thinking what on earth are we doing <laughs> so other people might think well that's a bit boring or that's not that significant but for me that's been really significant yeah. to um kind of be, be involved in, in in my town a bit more and be involved in nature yeah it's great to hear a Coldplay cover yes everyday life yeah, I'm really excited about people hearing that. I don't think they'd see that coming. No, I didn't. Right. Well, when you listen to the lyrics, I mean, I don't think there's a better song for this time. And uh, there's so much in that lyric, you know, am I the future or the history? I'm sure everybody's asked themselves that question. Um, you know... Annoyingly, it's probably the best song on the record. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, Chris, you know. You know. Am I right in saying you, you have a connection to Chris Martin or you, you grew up in the same place? Or? No, I, there's an urban myth. Okay. That, um, well, I think it's true that Delirious were playing in Exeter years and years ago, right at the beginning. I think it was Exeter University and apparently he was there. Oh, okay. Uh, because he lived in Exeter, right? right. I think he was 16 at the time or something. And then I've also heard that he um, really loves the King of Falls record. And, um, and apparently that was a, an influence on him. Um, which, who knows, who knows. But uh, I, did, I did have met him, but it was very brief and um, very uneventful. So, but you never know what happens in the future. And it, I would love to write with him and... And, and ask him some questions. So yeah, I think it's a great version. Um, I'm really proud of the version, and it's it's there's a beautiful singer on it called Victory Boyd, who's from New York, and miraculously we connected. And uh, so yeah, I'm really proud of how that's turned out. Tell me a bit about Victory because I I think that's that'd be a new name for a lot of people. I was, yes. li I was listening to it, I thought wow. 
fantastic voice. I don't know who this voice belongs to, yeah. but it sounded great. Yeah, she, she's, a, I think, a very special, unique person. I think she's one of nine children, grew up in Detroit um, with her family, singing on the streets and um, radical sort of churchy Christian family, all about evangelism. And um, she ends up getting signed by Jay-Z, you know, to Rock Nation. And uh, I listened to that first record. In fact, Anna got me into that record and I was really intrigued by it. And um, amazingly, uh, I reached out to her and we connected and I said, well, what about this song? Do you want to sing on it? And so she sang in, in New York in her apartment and I was here and we, it was on FaceTime and we've never actually met. And, and um, you know, so that's, that's been fantastic. But a very special voice. And, uh, you know, she's actually been in the news recently because she was supposed to sing at the halftime on the NFL first game and she, she didn't want to be vaccinated. Okay. And so there's been this big thing about... Right. Um, and, and she lost that job. They wouldn't let her in the stadium wow. because she wasn't back. So that's an, anyway, that's another interview. Yes, but that's that, a- Boyd, and uh, I couldn't say enough great things about her. She's a very special person, yeah. So much is shallow these days. Pictures, but not words. Texts that seem impersonal. Tweets rather than conversation. It can leave us all feeling rather empty. At Premier Christianity, we go deeper to bring you a thought-provoking and credible mix of theological articles, biblical interpretation, interviews, debates, and trends. Premier Christianity, online, in print, in depth. Subscribe today at premierchristianity.com. You mentioned in passing that you love to write with Chris Martin. Do you have a sort of mental list of, I want to co-write with these people? Because you you do have a track record of collaborating with a lot of different people, Mm. and I think one of the things that, that I've always appreciated is it's not like, oh, well, you know, Martin will only work with you if you're a Christian and you're into worship. You, know? you, you work with people as broadly as you can, it seems to me. So are there, are there, is there a mental list of, I want to uh-huh. co-write with that person or I want to do something with them? Well, yes, uh, now you ask. Um, and if you're reading this, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think, um, well, I'd love to write with Brandon Flowers, yeah. um, the killer's front man. I mean, Adele would be fantastic. Chris Martin, of course. Um, I mean, Stormzy mm-hmm. would be a day with him. Would would be. I think I could then. I could retire after that. <laughs> after a day with Stormzy, um, and, and 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 try and understand what he wants to do next. You know, what? Where do you want to go? Do you want? You know, more vibe from your grime scene, or do you want more melody? You know, it'd just be fun to ask all those questions, you know. So, uh, yeah, yes, I, I think because I, I know for myself the gift of writing and music, it, it, I can't estimate this, I can't stress this enough that it is a gift. Yeah. I've done nothing to deserve this. Um, and so I have a lot of grace for other people that are maybe, you know, on a slightly different faith journey but I can identify with that thing of, again, we're all human and um, God gives us gifts and I really appreciate the gifts that people, other people are carrying and, and I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. So coming back to the, the album, I um, want to chat about a few, few tracks. Um, Fire in Your Eyes. Yeah. Tell me about the story behind that. Okay, that line came from a friend of mine, Nick Herbert, who's at Gas Street in Birmingham and I've written a lot of songs with Nick over the years and he was he was actually the guy that had the God's Great Dance Floor riff okay so that that's that's Nick's fault <laughs> <laughs> um, and he yeah he brought that chorus I see fire in your eyes you know um, and um, yeah we just jumped on it and um, I yeah I think that's gonna go off in the right setting yeah um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that, but yeah. it's it's um it's gonna it's gonna be be loud and proud. I lift my eyes to see you here with me again. 
so eager to get back to that mindset. Even even after all we've said about the lessons learned and what God's been doing in your life through lockdown, there must still be this real eagerness to let's get back in the club or, or wherever. Yeah, and I, and I think that's another thing I've learned is that you can't be sort of over-spiritual mm. about, oh, you know, like you take music out of my life and I'm totally secure in who I am and like I don't need that to make me the person I am that's not true yeah and and you'd be foolish to suggest that you know if you take journalism away from you that you're or photography away from a photographer you know we are the people who we are because that's what we love and I have a sense that if you think of God as being a great dad which the opening line of the Lord's Prayer is our father which fascinates me it's not any it could have been anything couldn't it our king, our, you know, ruler, our here. No, it's our father. So I get the feeling as I go on in life that actually uh, God delights in, he loves what I like. So if if I love being on a stage and singing, and then I think he probably likes that too. Yeah. And he likes that about me. Yeah. So if I'm not doing that, he's probably a bit sad for me. Yeah. So I, I think what I feel now is is that my connection with God isn't just sort of you know sitting in a field and gazing at the stars however wonderful that is or getting freezing in the sea it is through what I'm made to do and and that is how I connect you know this might sound a terrible mission but I'm actually a really lousy prayer like in terms of like you know switching everything off and like right I've got Melissa you know I'm a fidget I can't and I'm not very good at that but if you put music behind me mm. I can pray for three hours straight mm. it's just that I'm singing it yeah so it, it's it, you know that's why that's why I take delight in it so I think yes I've realized that you can't separate all these things we are the people that we are um, and as long as we keep that in balance you know, I think God takes great joy in seeing us do the things we love. One of the songs I know you're excited about and speaking to your producer is very excited about as well is Eyes Are On You. Yeah. So, uh, and that, that line of, you know, when, when we don't really know what to, what to do, yeah. we just put our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, so, again, did that, did that come out of the, the context of, of lockdown and feeling a bit lost is that is that where that song began yeah someone sent me um that scripture from two chronicles 20 and of course it's the story of king jehoshaphat and he's you know he's sensing that he's going to lose lose the battle and you know it, it's all it's all going bad and uh but then he it, as as is with many stories throughout the Bible there's that moment of revelation of okay well if we if we can only look up mm. and focus and trust that God will deliver us and of course that sentiment never gets old does it mm. you know that's for now it's for us for every day it's it, it's it's in every decision if, if, if only I can look up and trust then I, I think it's going to be okay yeah. so that line is stolen from that scripture you know we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you when danger comes upon us we will call upon your name we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you and then, of course, the story goes on, always it leads to celebration, victory, um, you know, people singing together, um, you know, then it leads to that line, I give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. I think there's a great connection with um, sort of coming out of pain, coming out of despair and singing together, uh, which sounds incredibly simple, but... I think if you all, if you take the singing together thing away from communities, you can see how sad people get. Yeah. So we've had a season of no live music, no theatre, no opera, 
no clubbing, no, clubs are shut, you know, no dancing together. People go and create wild. You know, you, if you take that out of culture, it's amazing how much depression comes in and sadness. And I think we've all felt that. And yesterday I was at church leading. Honestly, it's, it's incredibly emotional when people start singing together. And, um, and I, that's not unique to the Christian church, but I think it could be a Coldplay gig. It could, there's something about when people lift their voices and it's like, oh, that I think we were made to do that. Yeah. And that is the sound of victory, I think. Yeah. And, and, and yesterday it was spine tingling hearing people do that. And, um, you know, people have, you can feel people sort of filled with hope. And um, so, I, so I love all that and I've given my life to that. Yeah. I mean, that leads to a pretty massive question in my mind about church and online church. Yeah. Because if you and I are agreed, which I think we are, which is singing in person is way better than singing at your laptop screen on a Sunday <laughs> morning. Does, does, does that mean some of the excitement around online church might be a bit of a, a COVID fad, if I could put it that way? That actually there is this eagerness amongst all of us, not just Christians, but there is an eagerness amongst Christians to get back to being in the room and singing together. And you can try as hard as you like, you can never quite replicate that online. I think you said it, yeah. I, I mean, if, if I'm away, the other side of the world, and I FaceTime one of my kids, it's actually a brilliant functional experience. I can talk to them, I can see them, we can share emotion, it works, it, it's better than not doing it, you know? But I'm actually not with them, and nothing can replace that. Nothing can replace being with someone in a room um, or being in a room with 200 people, 500 people, community. Um, and I think that's what we were robbed of. And, um, you know, I think, I think we're now starting to slowly be reminded of, oh yeah, that was actually really great, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. When we were able to be together and sing and eat together and cry together and pray together and you know you know all, all these things that we took for granted so yeah i think the online thing is great it serves a function i think globally it opens doors for many people and for a message to, to go out into places where you can't physically go but um what was so what's so bad about you know 50 people meeting in your house and singing you know Okay, it's not a thousand people in a, but that's all right. Mm. I think it's just as important, and and maybe small is good. A, a couple of months ago now, you and I had a had a coffee, and we were talking about doing this interview, and and you said something really interesting. I thought I must oh, ask, no. I must oh, ask no. Martin about that. Oh no! You said oh, I'd love to sit down and do an interview with you, Sam, because I've never really had the chance to explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you were talking about it in the context of. I think talking to Christians, talking to the church, just talking to, to the Christian world to explain myself. Like, what? I thought, what does Martin feel needs explaining? Well, oh, that sounds very insecure, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Well, I, I mean, you know, I've always done different things and I've always um, created confusion, I think. Really? Um, well, it, it's never been, um, you know, to... To, to use a cricket analogy, I don't think it's ever been a straight bat down the middle. You know what I mean? You have those players, don't you, which they're going to they're, they're gonna score 75 runs every time because they're, they're, ne they're never going to just suddenly like, like step outside and like whack, you know. It's like measured. Um, and I think that because I've been a music fan and always... Uh, turned on by other influences and stuff. I think I've always been keen to follow my heart in that in that in that instance, and also I've sort of hated the sense of being constrained mm. within a Sunday morning bubble. Mm. And and I, and I think that's maybe where I'm saying like 
I'd love to explain this because I'm a fan of all of that. I love church. I've given my life to it. You know, I've always been in it. We brought our children up in it. I have a high value on that. Um, I don't think you can do without it, you know. Um, but I've always fought against the the religious side of it has to be a certain way. And I think that I've, uh, in a in a sort of a good way, rallied uh, against that all my life of like, guys, we have to remind ourselves that it, it, it's us that set the style. I don't think God has like subtly said, what I really like is drums, bass, you know, soft electric and a certain song that, I don't think God has ever commented on, oh, I, I, this is sort of my secret like style for you. And you've only got to travel around the nations to know that that, that notion is not plausible. Mm. It's only in our white middle-class churches that we seem to believe that that might be true. Mm. So, so that annoys me. Um, and also, I want to always stand up for those musicians that I know are slightly on the fringes and that are a bit quirky, but they're carrying such fire in their bellies. And, and I want to celebrate those people and applaud them and, and, and say that there's room at the table for everybody. Yeah. I think that's really what my mission in life has been is that everybody's welcome around the table, yeah. especially creatively. And actually church could be extraordinary if we embrace that, mm. rather than thinking, oh, we'll do what our people want. Yeah. But of course, that never lasts. No. So, so it, it, is it, is it that you want to sort of undermine some of those assumptions about, well, this is a song that's for a Sunday. This is a congregational worship song. And are you just coming along and sort of asking questions and saying, but why, why are we assuming that a song has to be like that or sound like that or have those certain lyrics in order to be congregational? Why not sing something a bit from, from that field? Well, I'm not saying that we don't need proper congregational songs. I mean, you know, my, my friend Matt, wrote 10,000 Reasons, I actually happen to think that's possibly the greatest congregational song of the last 10 years, and maybe maybe more. I, I, I think it's an extraordinary song, and you know when it's extraordinary, when you hear it in different settings. Mm. You hear it at a wedding, or a funeral, or in church, or, you know, it's, 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 it's extraordinary. So thanks. Thanks to Matt and people like that, we have those hymns that, uh, you know, are the sort of bedrock of what we call church. Um, but you have to also keep one eye on the future of what teenage kids are bringing through. Yeah. And that would be my heart. It's not that one is better than the other. Sure. It's that it, it would be foolish not to think that it's going to look different in 20 years. Yeah. And so always keep the door open for that yeah. rather than this sense of, oh, I think we've got, we've got it down now. We've learned how to do it. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, as over time, music changes, doesn't it? And, and, and culture changes. But I might agree with you that in 20 years' time, it should sound very different. But isn't there a bigger problem than that? It's not just that we've got to allow room for new styles. It's that we've got to allow room for new young people. And isn't the issue actually that the church is not attracting or bringing in hardly any young people. I mean, if you look at the, the trends on, on youth and children's work, it's dire. I mean, some people are predicting that if current trends continue in about 30 or 40 years' time, there'll be no young people in the church. Now, obviously, that's mm. not allowing for God and for revival, and for. but is there not a bigger problem here that the, the church is not actually bringing young people in so they can make the music that would then move us on? Yeah, I mean, that, that could be right. I, I think that... If you, if you go even more basic than that, um, kids only grow where they're loved. Mm. And whether they play guitar or paint or 
or a computer programmer or a FIFA games pro- whatever they do they, they're only going to give all of who they are if they feel they're loved in that environment or they're appreciated or welcome even, even that they're welcome shame on us you know or the feeling that well you're half welcome but you're not quite ready yet for what we're doing shame on us you know um so i think that's the first thing is family is if you haven't got a culture of family in your church you're absolutely shot you know like what's the point of doing anything if you haven't got that sense of we're together and you know okay you're a bit you're a bit you know bit left the field and i don't quite get exactly what you're doing but you're 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 welcome around our table so and of course that's a wide conversation yeah you know but 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 i but i think if you can't have that yeah you're never going to get their creativity yeah because what happens is they will hold it from you they will not share it they it's too precious they won't bring it and then suddenly you'll find all this amazing creativity and art and photographs and sculptures and movie scripts and all this incredible stuff is happening but it's happening in the shadows rather than in our family Mm. that really upsets me Mm. and yeah you know that has to change Mm. yeah you you spoke a moment moment ago about not wanting to feel constrained and I've heard you say that before in the context of Army of Bones. I mean, you effectively thought, I don't want to be constrained by what does and doesn't work on a Sunday. I just want to make music. Let's form a new band. Let's write. Let's release something. You, you did that with Army of Bones. I think you just played a festival. Yeah, we did. Ago. We did, yeah. So it's still going, the band? Yeah, and actually, uh, those moments where I get to play in a different context, which yeah. is outside the church. and. Yeah people standing in the crowd with a beer and heckling you and I, I actually really enjoy that because it again it keeps me human it, it it keeps me sort of real about the whole thing somehow um so yeah I do I do embrace those opportunities and that record uh the army of bones record actually um and I might may have never said this it's actually really a love letter to Anna you know, it, it's a, it's a, twenty-five years we've been married. Love letter to her and all the, the the doubts and the, the, oh my goodness, we, we've done all right to be here. You know, um, it's by the grace of God, and sort of the worries and the, the the things you you could never really talk about. But it's all in that record if you've got ears to listen. Um, I mean, there's even a song called Do You Love Me? So for, for someone like me that is a shiny, got-it-all-together worship leader in the post-evangelical modern aren't-we-all-amazing church, it was important for me to say that because I'm also a leader and whoever's listening to me I don't want them to think it's all going to be a everything's going to be that version of their life it takes hard work to stay in friendships and relationships it takes a lot of decision good decision making um, and that is the grit of life you know if you want to stay married you've got to commit yourself to it and you've got to do the honorable thing and you've got to stay in the game so I can't, that's not the average thing I can talk about in the, middle, in the third song in on a Sunday morning because that is not the context for that. Yeah. But as a leader, if I don't talk about the whole picture mm-hmm. of my life and, and the, I call it the whole gospel, yeah. I'm robbing my children's generation of the true story. Mm-hmm. And so I'm willing to sacrifice what it looks like or holding face or for that, for the bigger prize, if that makes sense. And maybe that's the thing that connects me 
to them mm. um, and, I, and I appreciate that you said that your dream is to sing Everybody's Broken at Glastonbury <laughs> yes which I would love to see and if it happens I promise you I will be in the front row what else is on your bucket list maybe I haven't got any more dreams than that maybe that's it <laughs> I mean uh, that, that, that's that's a, that's a good enough one we could, we could probably leave it at that yeah, keep you I happy mean, wouldn't it I mean Ezekiel 37 the dry bones, you know, that is my, actually my favourite story of, of all time in the whole thousands of stories in the Bible. The fact that things are dead and actually buried in the ground, but still the breath of God, the breath of, of a living God can come along and do something that revives those bones and then more than that stands them up and they become an army. I mean, what a story. So yeah, I think that's been the story of my life. And if I could, if I could sing that over a lost generation that probably don't feel that, or feel like, well, this is my lot, I am dead and buried, and that's kind of where I'm at, then um, that will be incredible. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Wherever you are, um, Emily Evis, you know, please, I'm begging. I want to talk about Common Song. This is something yeah. new, isn't it? Yeah. And um, tell me a bit about the, the genesis of this one and how it relates to football, of all things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a, a thing that people wouldn't know. I'm, I'm actually a really big football fan nut, you know. Like, yeah. uh, um, we've got two season tickets at Brighton. We love that. Um, and then, strangely, um, through a school event, I met one of the Brighton players, and he was actually the captain of Brighton, a guy called Bruno Salter, a Spanish guy. And uh, we ended up having coffee together, and um, we've, we've remained friends, and that's been actually an amazing thing, um, a really incredible guy. Anyway, he was telling me about a thing that he's involved in called Common Goal. And basically, it's all the Premier League football players are able to donate 1% of their salary into this pot, which basically is a football can save the world thing, where they're going and doing street projects all over the world with football, building football pitches, training, less, you know, amazing. So Bruno does this himself, you know, he puts 1% of his salary into this and it's very inspiring. While he was talking to me, I was like, ah, <laughs> That's a really great idea. <laughs> what if I got all the songwriters together and we all gave 1% of our songwriting income into this pot and we'll call it, not common goal, we'll call it common song. And we are gonna help kids that there's no way they can afford to make music or they're not in the context, they're not at a school that's got a violin or they're not, you know, it, it's about putting education back into the mainstream, you know, the arts back into mainstream education, giving kids a chance to make music. And I think that we've discovered during the pandemic, if you take art out of culture, people get sad. Hmm. They don't know they're getting sad or even the reason why they're getting sad. Hmm. But I can say absolutely it's because art disappeared. The joy of music, the joy of going to a, you know, an art gallery, to going to an opera, going to a club, whatever it is. Um, and so even from a, an economic point of view or a social point, you can argue that you have to have art and creativity at the core of family life and culture and society. So I, I would hope that Common Song could help in yeah. a small way. Uh, to rectify that and so you know as we're speaking I'm talking to lots of songwriters around the world who are already thinking yeah great idea let's get our heads together and and as as the months go on this is all going to be un, un, unveiled so great so in, in about a year's time I'll better interview a worship leader and drill them on whether they've signed yeah. up their one percent or not yeah come on mate did you <laughs> and why not and you why can, not you can slap them on the head and say <laughs> come on so we are we are wrapping up. A job of a journalist is to ask the questions the audience are asking. You know where please, this is yeah, going. You know please. where this is going. You must do. Please. Now, I know what your answer is to this question, but I have to ask it anyway. Delirious reunion. What's going on? Well, the it's been eleven years now, I think, and um, you know the 
there's there isn't a reason why it couldn't happen it's just more whether that's what we want to do and is that the right thing i don't think it would be uh, I, you know i don't think there will be a sense of oh we're going to get the band back together and we're going to um you know we're going to start climbing the ladder again and like getting back to playing big venues i don't think there will be a notion of that i think it will be more like hey should we just do this as friends like mm. what and why not like um just what, for fun just for fun why don't, why don't we do this and then see where this goes so i wouldn't rule, rule it out um Stu and i have started we did some recordings together recently uh, for the Glowworks TV thing that I started. And, and and people have loved that, seeing us do some of the older Delirious songs in a more an acoustic way. Um, you know, there's a deep love for each other. And and I, and I, I, I think watch this space. Yeah. So I knew, I knew you'd say that you aren't ruling it out. But can I get you to rule it in? Can I get, can I get you, <laughs> can I get you, can I get you to say it's a question of when rather than if? <laughs> Uh, well, again, Glastonbury, if you're listening. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it would take actually a lot of work to, I mean, yeah. you know, sort of learn everything again. And like, but, um, yeah. Oh, what can I say, Sam? What can I say? You know, you've, you've nailed me, haven't you? You've nailed me. Someone recently went through the Delirious back catalogue and on Twitter and listened to all of the old albums and did this live tweet of what does it sound like years on? Yeah. And you'd be pleased to know, you know, they, they thought it they thought it sort of stood up to the test of time. But it, it did make me wonder, do, do you look back on the back catalogue and you think you know how you know how some music is kind of timeless? You know how some music yeah. you just you just go back to it. Yeah. Do you have that with a delirious album where you think actually I would I would go back to that one in particular, it just it just always is giving something. Yeah, I, I would say maybe a fifth of it. I could go back to and think, oh, I, I, I'm not ashamed of that. That, well, well, more than that, I'm actually quite proud of that. Songs like Obsession, Mountains Tremble. Um, th- th- there are there are moments you think, oh yeah, that could be today. Yeah. Um, okay, there's some production things and creative things that you would bring into a new era you know maybe less reverb even or whatever it is but actually it was a moment in time that was really great and it it stood the test of time Um, but the thing that I always look back and think ah if only I'd known a little bit more about songwriting or, or the ability to actually finish something, or, or even, or, or the ability to know when it's not finished, or it's not ready, or we shouldn't have. I think there's always a couple of songs that shouldn't have made each record, and and that's probably because they weren't finished, and that's my fault. You know, maybe Stu's as well. But you don't know that at the time so much. You're learning. You know, you're learning with each project, and um, now I've had the the pleasure of co-writing with so many incredible people you know i've learned a lot in the last 10 years um and and, and looking back it was more instinctive mm. and we were a band and like ah, let's just turn it up and like yeah this is great guitar riff awesome um but if you think of the songs that have lasted um it's probably due to the quality of the song rather than you know, than anything else. Yeah. So for you, it's a few songs here and there, yeah. rather than a particular particular album. Um, well, I think I think the King of Fools album was had a, had a touch to it because it felt like a revival yeah. record, and and sonically, we were cutting teeth together. We were breaking ground. There was a holy sort of two fingers up mm. of we. We're just going to go for it. We're not copying in it. We're just going to go for this. Mm. If this doesn't fit on American radio, doesn't matter. Yeah. We're just going to do it. Yeah. Um, so I think there, there were. More, I think the Mesomorphous record was a huge jump sonically because we got this guy in LA to mix it called uh, Jack Joseph Puig, who was mixing loads of people at the time. I think we were brave in that we just kept on. The pursuit of 
growing together, excellence. Yeah. Um, you know, we were a little Christian band from Littlehampton, but we were we were definitely punching above our yeah, weight. Hundred percent. And 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 I think only now I look back and think that. But it, at the time, we were like, yeah, let's. We'd be driving along in the van, like, yeah, should we do that? Yeah, great. And we just convince ourselves it was a good idea. Love it. That's the best way. So, with the new music coming out, do you get nervous about how it will be received? Um, no, I, I don't. No, I don't because I've. Um, how can I say this? I'm confident in it. Um, I've worked really hard on it, drilled down into the songs, had the time and the focus to. So no, I, th- I felt in the studio it was ready. Yeah. And, um, you know, I- I'm, I'm happy with it. But then you never know what people think of it. Y- you have to let that go. You let that go. You don't, you don't you know. sit there looking at all the reviews or whatever. Maybe for the first two days, but then after that, you just get on with life, don't you? Yeah. Um, but um, no, I, I, I think people w- will enjoy it. I think there's a great mix of... Um, some Sunday morning moments that I call and, and then some other things like Dancing in the Fire and there's a, there's a beautiful song on there called Everything There Is To Know which is a very honest um, song and um, so I'm just, I'm just excited for everyone to hear yeah. it Me too, Martin Smith, thank you so much Thanks for having me Thank you so much for joining us today on Premier Christian Radio to hear my interview with Martin Smith. I'm Sam Hales, editor of Premier Christianity magazine. That's the magazine that sponsors this show. We've got a fantastic half-price subscription offer on right now. Less than £24 for a whole year. It's a half-price offer, so it's £23.96. And for that, you will get 12 issues of Premier Christianity delivered direct to your door. You'll get access behind the paywall on our website. News, reviews, features, columnists, and so much more. Subscribe now at premierchristianity.com forward slash subscribe. That's it for this week. We'll see you same time, same place next week here on The Profile. Take care. You've been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine.